Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Psalms 51, and I, I want to read verse number verse number 16 starting. So, so appreciative of the hand of the Lord that was with us this morning. And, uh, and man, that has just really been weighing heavy upon my heart uh, leading up to it. And still yet in the afterglow, if I might say, of that this afternoon. And uh, I want to go to Psalms 51 and start with verse number 16. My intention is not to hold you long tonight. But if it is, I didn't do it. God did. Okay. Amen. Verse 16 says, for thou, this is David here speaking. He's, he's been in a mode of repentance and confession and asking forgiveness for God for his failure with Bathsheba of adultery. And when we come to these verses, they're kind of peculiar. They're, they're kind of set outside of the, the, the other context of Scripture almost in a certain, certain aspect and degree. And so David says, speaking unto the Lord, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness with burnt offering and whole burnt offering, then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Something very peculiar. Something very peculiar here. David tells the Lord, he said, you, you don't desire sacrifice. He says, you don't desire it. He said, if, if that's what you desired, I'd give it to you. He said, you don't, you, you don't delight in burnt offerings. And then just a few more words leaves his lips and he turns around and he says you'll be pleased with sacrifices of righteousness and that you would be pleased with whole burnt offerings of bullocks upon your now David which is it God doesn't care for it or he'd like to have it there's only just a few things that happens between there and the other scenario that would maybe even denote any difference in the sacrifices or in the offerings. I want to minister to you tonight this. Let the right things be broken. Let the right things be broken. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Father, I come to you tonight. God, I'm thankful, Lord Jesus. God, the songs have been rich. The worship and the participation, God, of those sitting among me, Lord, tonight, God, was rich, Lord, in worship to you, God, in the songs. I pray, oh God, let that not, Lord, let up, God, in the ministry of your word. I pray, oh God, that you would speak to us tonight. God, just deposit something within our spirits. 
deposit something, oh Lord Jesus, in our souls here tonight. God, that whenever we leave this place, we'll just have a moment of understanding what the Spirit, Lord, was trying to say to us. God, through your word, Lord, your word. God, I praise you and I thank you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. And the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated this evening in the lovely name of the Lord. Let, let the right things, let the right things be, be broken. The right things be broken. David right now are speaking these words that seem to be almost disjointed from the other thought pattern that he has been involved in in Psalms 51. Psalms 51, the curtain has been drawn back. We have been allowed a view into the life of somebody that is in a mode of repentance. We're allowed into the private sanctions of their prayer room, you might say, to hear the words of a person that is burdened down with a mistake or a wrong that they have committed in their life. And with that being said, we hear the pleas and we hear the languishing of the soul of David crying out in this chapter for forgiveness of this wrong and this mistake that he had committed in his life. David is leaving no stone unturned in this time of repentance. He is a king, a man of renown and prestige. He knows what it's like to have title and clout in his life, but at this moment, he's not sitting on his throne. He's kneeling before a throne. And as he's there, he's pouring out his heart unto God, amen, as just a man. As just a man before his creator asking for forgiveness. Asking that God would find that area in his life where he went awry. And that he would cleanse that spot. And he would cleanse that blemish and that mark against his character away from his life. And he doesn't know sooner then do this, that he turns the page from a mode of repentance, having the confidence in his God as he does. And now where his words once were flowing with forgive me and cleanse me, the same mouth is saying thank you God for doing what you said you would do, that you would be ready to forgive when we asked of you for forgiveness. And so he's praising God. He is not short upon words to give accolades unto the master for what he has provided to David and that was a forgiveness and a cleaning of the slate in his life. But David in this moment is in a moment that his heart, his soul, the very demeanor of David is just broken before the Lord. He's broken before the Lord. He is admitting his wrong. He is owning his wrong. And through his brokenness, through his brokenness of life and character, he is finding healing for himself. And he's finding healing for his issue. And it's on that premise then that David goes on and speaks in these verses that I read in your hearing this evening as he calls out to God and says, God, you really do not desire sacrifices. That's not where your desire is, what I can 
up for you or what I can sacrifice unto you. Another portion of scripture tells us about God being hungry in our minds. We start to scratch and think, God doesn't desire sacrifice. The whole Old Testament has been just a constant picture of sacrifice after sacrifice and bullock and ram and lamb, all these different animals that have been brought to God for the means and the purpose of sacrifice. David, are you living in the same culture and society that we have read of all the way up to this moment that you would say that God does not desire sacrifice? Because you're saying if he did, you would give. That if he did, you would offer. If he did, you would lavish these things upon the altar before a God that would delight in sacrifice. But you're saying he does not delight in that. For that matter, you're saying he does not delight in the whole burnt offerings or in the burnt offerings which were totally regulated for the Lord. The whole thing being totally consumed upon the altar was totally devoted to God. But you're saying he does not delight in these type of things or these type of measures. And David segues from that and says, well, if you want to talk about sacrifice, what God desires is the sacrifice of a broken spirit. What God desires is the sacrifice of a broken and a contrite heart. God, that's something that you take interest in. That's something that you will not despise because whenever we are broken before the Lord, you take interest in that just as though you have taken interest in me in the past several verses of me just opening up my spirit and my heart and my soul unto God. That, you smiled upon that. You took great interest and concern in the brokenness of myself, who and what I was in my heart. And he goes on to say, he said, do good in thy good pleasure, speaking to the Lord. He says unto Zion, he said, build the walls of Jerusalem. Now ponder here with me for a moment. The walls of Jerusalem were the walls that encircled that city in which the temple of the Lord was at in which people did take their literal sacrifices to the house of God, to the priest for sacrificing, amen, meeting all the criteria and qualifications of the Lord. Jerusalem was that place that they would take them. David is saying, Lord, build up the walls of Jerusalem right there. And after he states those words, he says, God, if the walls of Jerusalem will be built up, he says, you will be pleased with sacrifice. David, what are you doing here? God, if the walls will be built up, then you'll be pleased with sacrifices of righteousness and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings and all of these things. You'll, you'll love them and you'll appreciate them and you'll want them to be upon your altar. It will be a good thing that they are there if you just build up your walls. Matter of fact, it wasn't that God did not desire the sacrifices because the sacrifice was sick. It wasn't because the sacrifices that were being brought were lame or that they were of a poorly nature. Amen. They met all the criteria that needed to be met in order for a sacrifice to be brought to the Lord. But the problem that David foreseen in this scenario was this. He's saying if there's any broken down ways or broken down stones in the wall of Jerusalem, we are bringing sacrifices into an unguarded life area. 
We're bringing sacrifices into a place where they are unguarded and on unprotected altars because it was the wall and the fortification of any city and any town in the days of Old Testament that gave that city its defense. It gave that city its protection, not just the protection of the homes, not just the protection of the families, but even the protection of the temple, the protection of everything that took place, operated, and all all the business with heaven that was conducted in the temple. Those walls were there even for the protection if you will, of the life that was taking place inside of the temple. He says, God, he says, you don't desire sacrifices right now because evidently there's a problem with the walls that are around about Jerusalem. And a man could very well bring a sacrifice unto the Lord, but with no walls, we have an unprotected, unguarded life in the sanctuary. And it may be if we bring a sacrifice right now that could be stolen or that could somehow be snatched away because life is unguarded. It's jeopardized right now because the the wall is broken down. But God, if you'll build back up the wall, if the wall will get built back up Jerusalem, then you'll be happy to receive our sacrifice. Amen. Because it will not be vulnerable unto attack. Someone say amen. Amen. He says it won't be vulnerable to anything. It won't have the, 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 the capability of being stolen. Amen. In other words, he's saying it's not enough to care for the integrity of the sacrifice. Amen. But you need to consider the longevity of the sacrifice as well. Because without any protection, without any walls, without any fortification, all the offerings, all the sacrifices that are brought into the temple, they may suffer being taken. You know what God was saying? He was saying this. You need to get the right things to be broken in your life. Don't live your life unguarded. Don't live your life unprotected. Don't live your life where anything can enter in and snap through and steal. Amen. What you render unto the Lord. Don't live your life with areas that are open. Amen. To all the tenacity of the enemies on the outside of the court. Don't allow your walls. Don't allow your places of protection to be broken down. You need to let the right things be broken. Build up your walls but let your spirit be broken because you're getting it all backward. You are, you are letting the walls of protection fall down around about your life while you're building up the walls of your heart. He said you're allowing the wrong things to be broken. The walls that you're putting in place, you're putting them around your heart. You're putting them around your mind. You're putting them around the inner man and you build up your walls and nothing can penetrate that. Nothing can get in there. I can't even, I'm a gentleman. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna betray the walls that you put up around your heart, David. I'm not gonna betray the walls you put up around your life. Why is he speaking like that? Because David went out on a balcony and he looked down and seen a woman that was bathing by the name of Bathsheba. He asked concerning her. He got some intel and information concerning her. Asked that one would go get her that he could lie with her and he had a baby by her and he did all that and sin was inside of David's heart but as soon as he committed the sin, you know what David did? He started building the wall. He started building the wall not of Jerusalem but around his heart. He was going to protect amen the wrong he had done. He was going to protect amen the mistake that he had committed he was building around his heart and his mind he didn't want to feel the conviction of the Lord he didn't want to feel the pointed finger of a prophet entering his chest telling him that he was wrong 
He had built some walls, but it was the wrong walls. It was the wrong walls. He had built some walls in his heart. And it didn't matter at that point. During those days of after he had a man killed called Uriah, which was Bathsheba's husband. It didn't matter at that point in time what the sacrifices were that he was bringing to God. Because he had built walls around his heart. And he had broken the walls for his life. Uh huh. He was void of protection. He was void of protection. He was living in that moment an unguarded life. Uh huh. Adultery led to murder. Yeah. Murder led to havoc in his family, influencing and proliferating through his children. Murder led to having a baby out of wedlock that would die. Uh-huh. He was living an unguarded life, an unprotected life, because he built the wrong walls and he tore down the wrong walls. An unguarded life. And when you have an unguarded life, anything can come in. When you have an unguarded life, anything can make segue in there. But you'll build, you'll build walls around your heart to God. You'll build walls around your heart to conviction. You'll build walls around your heart to hearing the voice of the Father trying to sway you in an opposite direction, trying to sway you down a different venue. God was telling David, David, I don't, I don't desire in sacrifices in a life that is unprotected and unguarded but has walls around its spirit and have walls around its heart. He says, but if you'll break down the right things, if you'll break down the walls around your heart and you build up the walls in your life, I'll take great pleasure in what you have to offer me, but you gotta break the right things. Gotta allow the right things to be broken. Let me tell you, I'm not too young to know that there's been times in my life, Sister Margaret, that I've built the wrong walls. Uh huh. There's nobody knows Paul McGee like Paul McGee. And he knows when his foot has faltered. And he knows when his direction is in a way that is contrary to his word and his purpose. And it's in then those moments we don't want anybody saying that's wrong. In those moments we don't want anybody calling us on the carpet and saying you need to straighten up you need to get this. No, you build walls around your conscience. You build walls around your heart. You build walls around what the, the, the supposed mistake, the supposed blemish. You build walls around all that. For one, you don't want nobody to see it. Number two, you don't want no one to comment on it. And number three, you're quite happy with what you're presently doing. I know this is kind of a little marriage with this morning, but I just felt it in my heart. And it's in those moments in time, Brother Hurst, I walk through the double doors of this church and I'm trying to render sacrifice to God. I'm trying to render my burnt offering to the Lord. God says, I don't desire that. God says, that's not what I'm wanting. God says, that isn't doing anything for me. What I want is not the sacrifice on the altar there right now. What I want is for you, amen, you become a living sacrifice yourself, holy and acceptable. What I want you to do is 
is tear down the wall around your conscience. Tear down the wall around your heart and your life and let me in. Your sacrifice doesn't mean anything to me in the condition that you're in. I need you to break down the right, break down this wall and build up this wall in your why? Because David, if you keep on living the way that you live, there's always going to be another Bathsheba somewhere on the rooftop and she's going to have a husband and there's always going to be another woe. You've got to break down the right things. Someone say amen. amen. Bless the Because a broken spirit contrite heart God says I will not despise he says I'm drawn to humility I'm drawn to someone that can be man enough or woman enough to say I made a mistake I made a mistake and I need you, God, to help do something about this mess that I've made while I allowed my life to be unguarded and my life to be unprotected. God takes great pleasure and delight in somebody that seems to be in a feeble role, all just cowered over, yet reaching up and saying, I need some help but he has no glory or satisfaction in somebody walking around saying, I'm okay, I'm okay with what I've done, I'm okay with where I've been, I'm okay with how he can't help nobody like that. He doesn't know you gotta be in that position. I need help. You gotta break the right things. Why? Because the walls that Jerusalem needed built up for what? For the purpose of safeguarding, safeguarding what would be brought unto the Lord from our lives. The walls needed built up because they added, if you will, a little extra insurance to the offering. Someone say amen. Everybody doing okay? Listen to me. I've pondered this this year. I've read across the scripture more than one time this year. Every time I read it, Brother Mason, I pause and I ponder it. I read the scripture. Read the scripture, the story of Joseph. Joseph, who went to the pit, amen, who was sold into slavery, that was put into prison. Now, prior to going into prison, he was working for Potiphar. Amen. He was working for him. He was like a household servant. There was a lot of dependence that was placed upon Joseph. He seemed to have it pretty good working in that capacity. Not only that, it seemed like whoever Joseph worked for 
was blessed because the blessing of God was upon Joseph. And so the Bible says Joseph, he was blessed in the house. He was blessed in the field. He's blessed in the pit. He's blessed in the prison. He's ble- Everywhere he go, he's blessed because he lives a life in such accordance. And we read the scripture of the temptation of Potiphar's wife. It seems as though she's taken him with her eyes and she's alluring him and being seductive in whatever way that she is. Her husband seems to be gone away somewhere and she is constantly being the tempter. The Bible, I believe, declares that it was daily that she had done this unto Joseph. And the Bible says on one certain day, I mean, she didn't make no bones about it. Lay with me, Joseph. And honey, he's looking at her and think where his circumstance is right now. He's been in, he's been in pit, slavery, right? All these things. He might think this might be, you know, the upswing of everything. For what I've went through right now. But rather than giving in, he said, no, I can't do that. If for me to do that would be to sin against God. And we applaud him. You've heard me teach and you've heard me preach before. What, what, just what a great thing that was within itself that Joseph was able to say no during a time when there was no Ten Commandments saying, thou shalt not commit adultery. Prior to that time. But if you read the scripture, I don't have it before me tonight. This is something that, that, that bothers me a little bit in all of our applause for Joseph, and I think we should. But something that bothers me a little bit, when you read the scripture, the Bible says that he was in the house, and he was there in that arena, no doubt where she would be, he was in the house. And the Bible plainly says, as though Joseph has knowledge of it, that no one else was in the house. No one else in the house. Come on. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. I'm talking about breaking down the right walls. He's, he's a man that has God's favor and has had up to this point in time. But he really, if we want to get real, just entered into a little scenario right there of an unprotected, unguarded life. It would be like me coming to one of these dear ladies' house in the church, dropping something off, passing along a message at the front door, and then saying, well, come on in for a while, Pastor. And I'm thinking, Bubby Bo Husband's at work. Well, you know, I think I shall. Though nothing took place and something could have taken place, the whole concept is this. It would have never happened to begin with if you didn't enter into an area of an unprotected, unguarded, his diligence and God might say way to go Joseph but I wonder how much more acceptable it would have been to God if you kept your broken heart and your built walls around your life we need something to we need something to bring some insurance 
tell you, just because you're a Christian, you've been blood-bought, mercy sought, speaking tongues, baptized in Jesus' name, does not mean, does not mean that that's all the protection you need to walk in this world in which we live. You need some walls. You need some walls around the life that you are presenting unto the Lord. Someone say amen. God says, I'm happy about lives that are guarded. I'm happy about lives themselves that are broken, but broken within the realm of being guarded by me and by my presence and by my word and by my power. That's what makes me happy. And so David says, Lord, build up the walls of Jerusalem and then, and only then will you be pleased with the sacrifices. You'll be pleased with the burnt offerings. You'll be pleased with everything, amen, that your people give to you because whenever they come with built up walls, what they bring will not be easy prey. Mm -hmm. will not be easy prey amen upon the altars when the altars are sheltered altars don't say amen when the altars are sheltered altars what, what are you saying I'm saying this you, you need to make sure the right things are broken down and there's probably no, no better amen example uh, of someone not getting it right in the scripture as the life of Samson because he is a prime example of someone that's offering, the Bible says, notice, the Bible says that whenever the angel of the Lord came to Manoah and his wife, the speech was this unto them. He, they said, here's a woman for one, Manoah's wife, that is barren. She cannot have children. Her womb is closed up. An angel of the Lord comes to speak to them, tells her that she's going to have a child and that that child is going to, these, this is the verbiage, to begin to deliver Israel. Going to begin to deliver Israel, amen, from the Philistine bondage. And he was to be a Nazarite from birth. He, he was to leave his hair uncut. He was to have no strong drink, amen. He was not to touch any dead uh, carcass or body. And he was to be a Nazarite, amen, from birth. Earth. And so here is Samson coming forth. He's just a young lad, the scripture seems to portray. And the Bible says in the, 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 the tribe of Dan, which he was born, his father was a Danite, he was a Danite, that where he was born, that at, at sundry times, the spirit of the Lord would move upon him. Amen. And he would feel the presence and the unction of the holy God. And so here's a life, Samson, that is totally devoted to the Lord. At the say of the Lord, he's going forth, he is wreaking havoc upon the Lord's enemies. He has taken multitudes down. He takes jawbones of a donkey. He takes the gates of the city of days before ride. He's burning fields with foxes that are tied together. He's doing all of these great exploits of being a help and an aid in delivering, amen, the children of Israel from the Philistine bondage. And so if there's anybody that should have some justification with the sacrifice of his life and his offering that he has given to the Lord, it should be Samson. Yes, sir. But what he's sacrificing to God through his life, he's doing so with broken down walls. Because though Samson might have been strong, he was the strongest, weakest man there ever was. the strongest, weakest man there ever was. He could do great exploits of power by the spirit of the Lord, but his number one weakness was women. Some of the first recorded words that we hear of Samson and Judges is this, I saw a woman. 
that doesn't tell us about his childhood, bringing up mama or dad, but the first recorded words we had, you'd be a little worried if the first recorded words you ever heard of your kid was, I saw a woman. <laughs> Brother Trenton, me, me and him haven't talked real quick. <laughs> Son, you need to build yourself some walls. <laughs> but he had this offering of giving himself to the Lord, but it was an unguarded life, an unprotected life. Amen. The problem wasn't the sacrifices that, 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 that Samson was making for the Lord. Amen. But what it was was God could not stand something so good being squandered away because of being unprotected. Someone say amen. Because you got to keep and get the right things broken. We say, God, God doesn't have much problem with most and many of the offerings that we render to him in our life. But what he can't stand is that those abilities, those talents, those things that you bring to the Lord and you render to the Lord in service are abiding into a city, if you will, that has broken down walls. And you're allowing something so good, so precious, that he has designed concerning Samson to be of his use. But that is open to attack. Someone say amen. amen. You'll stand with me. I'll close. I'm coming to a quick close. They'll plan on holding you long. Again, if it happened, it was God's fault. So in reality, Bishop, David's not chasing a rabbit here in the last few verses. David's not chasing a rabbit here, getting off course and kind of jumping tracks on us. No. He's just went through a mode of breaking what needed to be broken. And he was breaking down the walls around his heart. And he was having a time of contrition, a time of brokenness before the Lord as a man. <laughs> and I believe if, if you could just visualize, and this, this is just me with my imagination. They say is the biggest nation in the world. But this is me, Brother Fred. The, the, the bricks, the stone that he tore away from the walls around his heart. He says, I'll take that and build up the wall of Jerusalem. The ones that I need to get broken down, I'll use to build up. To be a safeguard and a means of protection for my life. Because David, you're, you're a king. There's always going to be another woman vying for your attention. There's always going to be another man that can be at the mercy of your power of word and their life could be just taken out just by your word. But you need to have the right, the right lines of protection in your life so that the sacrifices that you offer and the sacrifices that you bring are intact, will not be squandered, will not be stolen. Let me tell you, a grand thing that happens in the life of people that are freshly coming to the house of the Lord, let me tell you what first and foremost needs to be done. You need to break down the walls around your heart. And you need to break down the walls around your conscious, conscience in your life. You need to break down the walls that are surrounding all, maybe a lifetime of mistakes. That's okay. You're in a safe place. You need to just tear all those things down. And you need to become as a David in contrition and in, in admitting, God, I need some help right here. God, 
I need some aid right here. But don't leave here tonight with broken down walls around your heart and not allowing God to build some walls around your life. Because let me tell you, when we leave these church house doors, you know what the word comes to me, and you've heard it too, Brother Fred. The moment someone repents of their sins, baptized in Jesus' name, we filled the Holy Ghost, they walk up those double doors. The next day is the hardest day of their life. What happened? They came to an altar, and they got this wall broken down, but they didn't leave without a wall getting built up around their life. And it left them subjective to their environment subjective to their atmosphere where things could be squandered and stolen that they just received the night before. Baloney, Brother McGee. Thick round baloney, I tell you. Do you know how many people I've personally baptized and when they've left, I've never seen them again? Not because God wasn't good wasn't because what he did for them wasn't real. But it's all about living a life unguarded and unprotected and not breaking the things that need to be broken and building up the things that do need to be built up. We bow our heads in this place this evening. Hallelujah. If we bow our heads in this place this evening. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight there is no better time. Hear me tonight. There is no better time than the present, than right now, to start doing some remodeling. And in the remodeling process as it is, there are two separate veins in remodeling. One is destroying. And one is building or constructing. Before construction can take place, destruction is necessary. If you just construct without destructing something, all you did was built on. Just an addition. And let me tell you something. You don't want to just add to anything. <laughs> There's some things that I start getting into, projects in my home. I thought it would be a simple little job. I started undoing some things. And I discovered, whoo. Felt bad for me because of the guy that preceded me. What I'm saying is this. I couldn't just do what I wanted to do without first destroying what he had done. When I destroyed what he did, I could properly do what needed to be done. I'm not trying to speak in Proverbs and all these things, but you understand what I'm saying right now. I'm not interested in an add-on tonight. I'm interested in something being broken I'm interested in something being broken to make way for something else to be built up. 
There's no other greater opportunity than right now at this time of an altar and time of prayer as we go to the Lord in prayer and singing tonight. If you got, if you got walls built around... Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.